Hey now, hey now, hey now, welcome in, welcome in y'all, and guess what time it is, that's right, it's porch time, and I am, did y'all catch that, I am the one and only Miss McKinney, and I know you guys are extremely grateful for that, thank you all so much for continuing to listen, thank you all so much for continuing to support, I appreciate each and every one of you, my apologies in the delay of getting out our third colorism episode. These ladies were fabulous, awesome, so flexible um, in getting these recorded, and they bring great value um, to the discussion of colorism. It is something that, um, again, I've said in other episodes, I've always felt this way, but I didn't know that it had a name. And now that it has not only a name, but a definition, I want us to all work earnestly within our races, not just African-American, but I want us to work earnestly in all our races to alleviate colorism altogether. Stay tuned and hear what Miss Erica has to say from Dope Podcast Discussions. Stay tuned. Hey now, hey now, hey now. Welcome in. Welcome in. How are you tonight? I'm good. How are you doing? Doing well. And of course, you have a picture up. Um, on your anchor you're just so together and so beautiful thank you for joining us on the porch so tell us a little bit about yourself well my name is erica warren and i am the host of the dope discussions with erica podcast i'm also a three-time best-selling author and a virtual women's life coach oh my goodness so tell us about your books i didn't even know that (laughs) Um, um, I, it's inspirational books, um, just a compilation of true life stories for women. Um, but all three of the books are anthologies. So it's a group of women that's coming together, just sharing true life testimonies of, uh, you know, some challenge or something they've overcome in their life to inspire other women to break the silence, you know, and to help other women to start to find their own voice. And also to let, you know, other women know that you're not the only person that's went through this situation. A lot of times we see women from the outside and we think they're all put together and they've never been through anything. But then once you hear their story, you realize they're more like you than you thought. Yes, that's what I'm finding as I've been doing more podcasting and and meeting more in more interesting individuals like you. Um, like definitely I'm not the only one that has a story and I'm not the only one that wants to tell my story on this platform. So that's awesome. And you have a YouTube channel too, correct? Yeah. So we do our, um, podcast, we live stream it on YouTube so you can either catch us, you know, the visual, or you can just catch us on the audio, but we like to do the, you know, the video and the live, um, portion of it every Sunday at 630 central standard time. Yes, ma'am. And I'm definitely going to continue to tune in. What made you get started in that arena? Or how long have you been doing it, actually? I've been podcasting for uh, almost almost two years. And this year in October to be two years. Mm-hmm. And um, I just wanted to start doing the video portion, basically to push myself out of my own comfort zone. Because mm-hmm. I've never liked to be in front of the camera, always get... um you know, camera shy and stage fright. So (laughs) that was something that made me push out of my comfort zone. Okay. And that is, is very, very cool. And two years, that's not very long, but you already have such a a large following. So that's awesome. And then a, um, a life coach. So how long have you been doing that? 
I started that during the pandemic and it was just a natural progression from um, doing the the books and then doing the podcast and then just using my my life experience and my ability to, you know, be very empathetic towards other people. And so being a life coach just seemed like the natural thing to do. Do you said empathetic? Do you consider yourself to be an empath in any way? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so much so. It's It's been my downfall in many of my past relationships. So I've learned to, you know, I've studied up on it. And I've learned the characteristics and I've learned, you know, how it can work against you. And so I've started to, you know, take the power back over it and use it to my benefit. Yes, that's where I'm at too, Queen. Love it. Love it. Mm -hmm. So tonight we're going to talk about colorism. And I just wanted to read the definition. I It says prejudice or discrimination against individuals with a dark skin tone, typically among people of the same ethnic or racial group. And I know we already talked about it. And mm -hmm. um, you had had shared with me that you had some experiences. So what were they? And, and what are what are your thoughts on colorism? Uh, do you believe that it's alive and well? Oh, yes, definitely. <laughs> and I think it's more alive and well than we um, like to admit, because mm -hmm. I think to some degree we've all practiced colorism, whether subconsciously or consciously. Mm -hmm. um, I know I've been guilty of it and I know I've been at the other end of it and I've seen it in action um, from a very young age on up until adulthood. Um, like we spoke about earlier, I grew up in a really white dominated school, very prejudiced, and just a handful of black kids in our school. And I had one very, very dark skinned best friend and one very light skinned best friend. And we saw the difference in how the light skinned friend got treated from, you know, other black people and white people opposed to my darker skinned friend. You know, even like um, homecoming, you know, and, you know, stuff like the the uh, the yearbook, you know, how people how you have to vote on who's the most popular and who's the prettiest and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, and our light skinned friend got voted for all of that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and so do you think she received so many um, votes because it was um, maybe a way of those kids saying, you know, I'm not racist. I voted for you know, the light-skinned Black girl. Do you think it was more like that? Or was she just more accepted, like they actually considered her to be one of them? I think they actually considered her to be more like them. Wow. Because she was light-skinned, she was pretty, and she had the long, pretty hair. Mm -hmm. So that was the typical stereotype. <laughs> we talked about in another episode how that right there is colorism in itself the fact that we say there's good hair and bad hair mm -hmm. um, among us and and mean it very seriously and I probably will still say it till this day <laughs> because yeah. it doesn't feel like it's it's a derogatory statement but I guess it depends on who you're saying it to whether yes. or not they have the good hair um, or they don't so what else have you gone through with colorism um for me, in my personal life, I've always um, 
in dating, I've always chosen darker skinned <laughs> men to date. And I just assumed that lighter skinned men would be more about themselves and would be more, you know, arrogant and vain and self-centered. And that was just my prejudging them without ever, you know, experiencing them for myself. Um, you know, and as I grew up and started to see that how, you know, how that was being ignorant with, you know, just making up that assumption without actually fi finding out for myself, you know, I became more open-minded and I ain't going to lie to this day. My preference <laughs> is still the dark skinned men, but I'm not closed off to all colors, all skin tones. Well, maybe you can help me grow in that way. Be praying because I'm still just as you are. <laughs> um, that's my preference. And and that's what I want. But, you know, we again, we don't think of that as being colorism. What else have you gone through, if anything? Um, I can remember in, you know, in my younger 20s, you know, wanting to be accepted, you know, you, you find a, a new group of girls and you want to be their friends and you want them to like you. And just immediately they would, you know, form an opinion about you and not like you without ever getting to know you. And I felt that had to do with the color of my skin being a, a lighter shade than they were. And I, I don't know, it's, I've always been enamored and, um, you know, in awe of girls with darker skin, with the smooth black skin, dark skin. Mm -hmm. I just think that's so beautiful. It is. It is. And I always wanted it. <laughs> and I never understood why other people were discriminated against the darker skin women when I thought they were the beautiful women. And I, I never understood why people would automatically assume, assume because you're lighter skinned that you're more beautiful because I've seen some light skinned people that are not attractive. <laughs> <laughs> so I never understood that. Yes, yes. <laughs> and one of the things you're talking about with being friends, um, there's a young man in um, our town that tweeted that he is too, too black for the white kids mm. and too white for the black kids. Mm. I'm not, and and that's, that's weird. Yeah. I can identify with that. Yeah. Because I've been told that I talk like a white woman, mm -hmm. that I act white. When, when you speak correct English, mm -hmm. that means that you're talking white. That's colorism. I experienced that as well. Yeah. It's like, okay, so automatically assume that because I'm black, I'm supposed to speak ignorant or I don't know proper English. And it's one thing when it comes from a different race, but when it comes from within the race, and I think that's what most of the colorism books talk about, why it's so hard to shake is because these are my people. Mm -hmm. These are the ones that are supposed to encourage me when I think about my immediate community, that's them, whatever race that is. So when they say something to us, I think when I was younger, I felt like it had more validation because it was coming from those people. I remember thinking that I needed to act a certain way or dress a certain way to be accepted by my own culture. And that is that was a horrible feeling. And uh, some of that, I guess, comes from being, you know, younger and, and insecure. 
but mm-hmm. my my mother was very very light skinned very very light skinned and so was my brother mm-hmm. i remember going places and them like oh that's your daughter too you know wow <laughs> yeah so colorism it, it really does leave a stamp and if you're not strong enough to get out from underneath it and be more secure with yourself i think it could damage you for a while oh yeah and and like you said black people we already have to deal with racism from white people, but then when we have to also navigate colorism within our own race, because you're either, you're not black enough or you're too black, you know, mm-hmm. cause we we're going to be talking about this on the podcast tomorrow. Um, code switching, you know, a lot of us as black people, we have to switch our true personalities on and off depending on who we are around so that we Say can that. navigate life Say that. and you know advance in our careers when you're at your job you put on your professional voice yes. and your professional attitude but most times yes <laughs> yeah but you're dying inside because you really want to let go and just be yourself yes. you want to be accepted for who you are but You just feel like you're not in safe company where you can do that. So then when you're ready to let loose and go home and be yourself, now you got to prove yourself to to your people that you're black enough, you know, to be, you know, accepted in your own race. So it's exhausting. It's it's detrimental to your mental and emotional health. And man, can we just be? Yes. <laughs> just be. Can we just try to love one another and just as we are. And like you said, just be. Yes. Mm-hmm. I remember growing up in high school and being in love with, you know, you. I, I used to love Madonna. I used to mm-hmm. listen to Tears for Fears. I loved all of that music, but I felt like I had to hide that, mm-hmm. you know, to be accepted with my black friends. Well, I didn't. I grew up in a predominantly white town, like you said, um, my younger years. But after my father passed away, we moved to a town where there were more black people. And so when I moved here, I was wearing ropers, Mm -hmm. lace up ropers and the flap. You know what I mean? Because I was a cowgirl, but I liked it and I looked good in it. Yeah. Um, And was secure enough in myself to continue doing it regardless. But they did. They wore me down. They really only lasted the rest of my freshman year. Wow. Um, And then I changed it up because it was so hard having just dealt with the death of my father moving to a new town. And now, you know, you coming at me because of what I like to wear, really. Mm hmm. It was it was very difficult. It was very difficult. And I'll be honest, it was um, the Caucasians or the white ones in the new town that accepted me the most at first. I think it wasn't until I maybe started to show my blackness by probably doing some things, stepping out of my comfort zone, probably even doing some things that I shouldn't have done Hmm. is when they began to accept me, which, again, is damaging damaging to the whole psyche. Great conversation. What else you got, mama? Um. I just think it's, it's, these conversations are so important to, yes. you know, a lot of times we we just go through life with the unspoken, you know, codes and the unspoken truth. And we don't verbalize it. We don't talk about it. We don't let people know. And as soon as somebody opens that cap up and says it, then you're like, oh, I've been feeling like that, too. I was just waiting for somebody else to say it. Yeah. You know, because 
you know, we have to stop that light skin versus dark skin um, rhetoric mm-hmm. that we got going on or good hair versus bad hair or ghetto versus bougie. All of that stuff. We it. I feel like I'm all of that in one. Okay, and And I can be all of that (laughs) and still be proud to be black. Yes, still be proud to be you, most especially. Yes, yes, I agree with that. Well, I do not want to hold you up. I know you must be um, getting prepared for tomorrow's episode. So tell us again where we can find all this exciting things. I am so blessed to have come across you on social media. Like I'm super crunk. I want to know where we can find your books as well um, and then tell them how they can find you on social media all right awesome so all of my books are um on my website and you can um i got a special sale going on right now you can visit my website it's just payhip.com forward slash erica warren so that's real easy this p-a-y dot hip h-i-p wait no payhip.com forward slash Erica Warren. Um, You can follow us on YouTube. Just look up Dope Discussions with Erica and you'll see the Purple Lips logo pop up. Just follow us, subscribe and hit that notification bell so you can know when we're going live every Sunday. You can also follow our page on Facebook. It's also Dope Discussions with Erica podcast. Or you can listen to our audio on all of the platform streaming platforms. Uh, podcast streaming platforms like Anchor, Amazon, Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, Audible. We're all over the place. Yes, you are. And that is absolute greatness. And so you'll start getting all these Porch Time with Miss McKinney notifications. Don't be alarmed. I'm just excited. Yes, (laughs) I'm excited to be on the show. I'm excited to connect with you. And uh, we're definitely going to have you on Dope Discussions in the future. All right. All right. Looking forward to it. Thank you so much, Miss Erica. And you guys be blessed. Good night. Good night. All right. All right. All right. Third episode done. Thank you so much, Miss Erica. Please be sure, guys, to go and follow her on both Instagram and Facebook. She has a show every Sunday at 630 and you will want to tune in. Thank you so much, Miss Erica from Dope Discussions Podcast um, for bringing, again, great value to the porch on the discussion of colorism. You guys, if you have anything to say, please be sure to leave me a message, not only on Anchor. Um, You can also leave me not only a message, but you can leave a rating on Apple as well. And then don't forget MissPorch2020 at gmail.com. Thank you all so very, very much. Thank you so very, very much. I cannot say it enough. I appreciate each and every one of you. Stay strong. Be blessed and be safe. Take care.